It's time to write a new story. This is Success Stories with Madison Piper. It's the place where women discuss how to make an impact. Here's your host, Madison Piper. Today's guest is a name that you all probably know really well, and that name is Venus Williams. Now, I still can't believe that I'm saying that out loud and that I have the privilege of sitting here and talking to a seven-time Grand Slam champion and five-time Olympic medalist who, with her sister Serena, has changed the sport of tennis forever. But I am so excited for this conversation. Now, Venus is obviously a very accomplished athlete. That's no secret. We all know that. But what you might not know is that her accomplishments and worldly impacts don't stop and start on the court. Her entrepreneurial spirit has led Venus to many successful endeavors outside of the world of tennis, and her ability to step out of her comfort zone and pursue new and exciting business opportunities has led her to founding Eleven a line of fashion-forward activewear that is designed to enhance your athletic performance as it offers environmentally friendly and sustainable clothing options. She's also on the board of advisors for Human Co., a mission-driven company that invests and focuses on brands that focus on healthier living and sustainability. And she's part owner of the Miami Dolphins in the National Football League organization. To say that Venus is accomplished is an understatement. So today we bring her in for a fun little Q&A to talk about her experience as an athlete. We're going to talk about resilience and drive and the power of a competitive edge. And we're going to talk about one of her newest and most exciting topics in pop culture right now, the movie about her family and her father, King Richard, as she gives some of the most powerful advice that he has given in her life and shares that with you all. So Venus, thank you for joining us here today in Success Stories. We're so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much. It's um, been an honor to speak at the event and to meet you briefly in person as well. Oh, yeah. Because so for our listeners, um, Venus was a she was the keynote and she was the speaker for EXPCon, which EXP is our parent company. So we got to meet briefly there and I got to listen to you tell a little bit more of your story. And it was really empowering and the energy in the room was just crazy. So I'm so excited to have you on here today. And today I wanted to take our conversation in a little bit of a different direction. And I wanted to talk to you about maybe your experience as an athlete and how that's guided you and your success now. I mean, being an athlete has been my whole life. I don't remember learning how to play tennis. I just have always known how. So that's been my life experience. And it's definitely guided me through everything. And you learn everything in sports without even knowing that you're learning or meaning to. So that has been interesting in itself. And I've learned how to win, how to lose, how to set new goals, how to deal with yourself, how to deal with others. (laughs) All of that stuff. And it's so funny. I was um, passing by this book once. It was by a renowned business school. And it was like, how to be resilient. I picked up the book and I was like, I already learned that. <laughs> <Put it back laughs> <down. laughs> well, I mean, like being an athlete, you know, you constantly run the risk of energy, but like, you're not just an athlete, you're a globally known record breaking athlete. So in addition to running the risk of injury, you're also facing the expectations of millions of people and potentially disappointing people due to your inability to play. So how did you learn to separate the expectations of others with your own self-worth and your own health in priority? Well, because my parents taught us early on that you have to do this for yourself. You're not doing it for anyone else. 
and that the best way to stay focused is to focus on you. And I think also you just have to continue to give yourself like check marks, you know, like checkpoints. And I found myself even this year, like checking in with myself and realizing, oh my gosh, I've started to care about what other people might think of my, my results or whatever it is. And kind of going back to that freeness of really letting it be about you and not everyone else. So I think sometimes kind of even checking back in, like, where are you? And, you know, where are your priorities? Do you think that that's changing in sports now? I mean, like, I know that, you know, the whole stigma around mental health is evaporating before our eyes, which is great because prioritizing your mental health is so important. But I feel like mental health and athletics, especially at such an elite level, people just kind of disregard it and they only see you as an athlete, not a person. And from the outside, it looks like that's changing a lot. We see that with Simone Biles, you know, this summer and the Summer Olympics. But from the inside, do you see that changing? How's your experience been with that? It's really been leaps and bounds since COVID, right? And I think it's because people started to experience that themselves. You know, every single person who may have been living kind of a straightforward life, they started to, you know, experience severe mental uh, traumas with having being locked up, fear of being sick, having to go through all what we all went through. So now everyone's on this level where like, I get it. I've been there. I got you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you, have you ever worked with like a sports psychologist? What are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah. It's a wonderful experience because it allows you to really see things clear. And sometimes it could be something that you've already like gone over and should be seeing clear, but you need that clarity again, someone just to bring you back to being centered. And sometimes it can be just that simple, getting centered. And other times it's like, okay, I need a breakthrough or whatever it is. And it's sometimes like we're always in, we're in this position where we can take care of ourselves, but there's other moments where we just need help. And being on the court, you're especially in tennis, you're by yourself. So there's no one who's going to help you. There's no coach. There's no timeouts. There's none of those things. So being able to be self-reliant and confident and in a good place on the court is so important. So I find, especially with these, these moments where you're by yourself, you need to do that work like in advance. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, okay, well now I've had a breakdown. I'm going to do it. It's, it's like, you're actually doing that work every week. So you can stay hopefully in that good place. Mm -hmm. And I, I really like that you brought that up because I think it's important, like you just said, to do the work in advance. You can't wait until you've already had the breakdown, until something's already broken to fix it. You know, if you start making it stronger in the first place, it's going to be a whole lot harder to break. Um, and speaking of that, you know, failure in sports is inevitable. It's just part of it. Failure in life is inevitable. So like in your experience, how have you learned how to overcome failure and proceed to success despite what's happened in the past? Yeah, because after a failure, I'm so eager to succeed and I can't wait. And I'm already planning my, my comeback, so to speak, <laughs> or whatever it is. And it's just evaluating. And that can be like big failures on the main stage. It can be, you know, things that you overlook in business and how do you evaluate it? It can even be my interactions with people just in my own life. Sometimes you realize I really didn't want to react that way, or I could have handled this in that situation. And I find myself reflecting on how I can communicate better and be better too. So there's just so many ways to recover from failures, but more than anything is that knowing that you have more to give and wanting to give that. 
Do you think that like being an athlete and, and, and being in the spotlight and having the platform that you've had has helped like build your muscle of resilience when it comes to failure? Or do you think maybe that you have to work on it extra hard because of the attention that's put on you? No, because I do maintain that that free attitude for the most part is mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone thinks. No one can do this work for me. Mm-hmm. I have to do it for myself. And I was pretty plain and clear about it earlier this year, too, is that I'm good at what I do and I want to be better. And I'm probably judging myself even harder than what you're judging me. But I know that there's few people who can do what I do. And it's wonderful to be in that situation and also build confidence like I can do this in whatever it is you're trying, just knowing that you can do it and that you have something to offer. And that kind of is, you know, peace of mind in itself. Mm hmm. You know, that's one of the reasons I love sports so much and that I think it's really important that people put their kids in sports, you know, if if they're willing or if they find something that they enjoy is because it teaches you at a young age that, you know, your success is in your hands. If you want to be good at something, you have to put in the work. I also see though sometimes and have, you know, experienced not on that level, but I've seen people experience when the sport is over when they retire, when it's time to hang up their equipment, who are they? Because their identity is so, so much in that activity that they've just poured their life into, right? Do you feel like it's been hard for you to step out of Venus, the tennis player, and just be Venus, the person, especially with all of these new, you know, endeavors of success that you've been, been coming into? Um, no, because I've always just kind of kept my private life pretty private. There's not a lot Mm -hmm. of, you know, gossip out there on me and I share what I'd like to share. And everybody's got different levels of comfort of what they want to share. Mm -hmm. And I share what I'd like to and keep the rest for me. So I think it's nice to keep some things for yourself. Right. Um, and that makes total sense. I think privacy is really important, but like also just like as you, as a person, as Venus with no other eyes on you, you know, tennis being your first love, do you feel like that was a huge part of your identity? Do you feel like that's still like a huge part of your identity or is that just something that you do because you love it? Um, I think I'd have to live without tennis to say that it's not a part of my identity, but Mm -hmm. I think that I'll always be a tennis player no matter what. I'll relate to myself as a tennis player and an athlete. (laughs) And that's how I think too, Mm -hmm. you know, whether I'm even playing a sport or not. So it's hard to separate the two. I feel like I'm always Venus first in terms of just a person and, Mm -hmm. you know, without fame or whatever it is. But regardless, I'm always an athlete and that'll never be separated. I love that. And I mean, obviously, as an athlete and like, you know, as somebody who grew up competing with their sister, which, by the way, I can only imagine how competitive that got. I want to ask you, you know, you obviously have a really competitive edge. Do you think that's something that you were born with or something that you developed through time? I don't know, because I feel like I've always been very competitive. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a tough one. I, I would just say that is something you work on all the time, but I think probably born with it a lot. What would you say to someone who maybe says that they don't have competitive bones in their body? Do you, you call BS on that? Um, you have to just want it. So mm-hmm. you don't have to have the competitive bone to be born with it, but if you want it, you can learn it. It's, it's like learning any skill you put in the practice, you get the determination and you get it. Do you think that, 
competition in tennis has attributed to your business ventures outside of tennis, like with Eleven and now, you know, being part um, of the Miami Dolphins and, and all of that? I think those are all been just amazing opportunities that I wasn't expecting in life and Mm -hmm. it just happened. So those are icing on the cake. I mean, I don't think it's often that you get a chance to do something like that. I mean, that that hasn't necessarily come knocking on my door again. So I try to just enjoy that and learn from it. I mean, it really is amazing. Like you, you and uh, your sister have been able to achieve so much. And, you know, I, I'm wondering, you know, outside of tennis, you know, you compete all these years, you develop your names in tennis, you're champions, you know, you're globally known, but how did you find the initial courage to step out of your comfort zone and step into business and all of these new vi- business opportunities? Yeah. It's something my dad always wanted for us. And so I think a lot of it was about, you know, having that dream come true for him mm-hmm. and then really just realizing, enjoying the competitive nature of business and realizing that was already in your blood. So let's talk about your dad. I want to talk a little bit about your dad because I think the world is talking about your dad right now with King Richard. So what is that? I mean, tell me what that movie means to you. I mean, it's, it turned out amazing. Um, going into something like that, you just hope that It'll be something you'll be proud of and you won't be embarrassed by like, oh my gosh, I thought it was going this way and it it went left and you're like, don't even want to talk about the film. But it came something that I'm so proud of and award season has started and we've gotten some nominations and that's like, oh my God. So that's been amazing so far too. And I'm just happy that people have been able to kind of participate in this, this family moment and everybody relates to it because they have a family too. Mm-hmm. I love, I mean, I love that. I love that award scene like season is coming up too, because I'm so excited. I just know it's going to get like even more attention than it's getting right now. Um, but I want to ask you, what was your reaction when you found out that Will Smith wanted to play your dad? I just thought it couldn't get better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like really? It was so exciting that he wanted to, to jump into that role and to have him associated with any film is like what anybody would want. So Mm -hmm. I don't think the dream could have been any bigger. What do you want? Like the number one thing for people to take away when they watch that movie? Uh, It's really a movie about connections. It's uh, allegedly a tennis film, but it's really a movie about connections. It's a movie about people connecting with each other and, and family. So just for people to stay connected with who they love, stay true to who they are, and and to make sure those connections are first because it's everything. Do you think that, you know, connection is the biggest lesson that you learned from your dad? Or what would you say that the biggest lesson that you learned from your dad is? Oh my God, there's so many. It's it, it's hard to pick one, but I would say more than anything. How to th- how to think and react to situations, mm-hmm. and how to think outside of the box. So really, just that thought process, and and that's everything. You got to be able to think your way through stuff. You got to be able to react in the right way, and you've got to be able to put things to your advantage, and to to know what you wanted it, and to be able to figure out how to go for it. So, and that skill, all the, thing, all the things. Oh, all the things. 
all the things. What's your second? I mean, now I want to know what's your favorite, your second favorite lesson that that you've learned from your dad. Um, how to take no junk. You <laughs> 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 don't take no junk ever. And I think that that's those are great lessons for everyone, especially for women. Like you don't have mm-hmm. to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be be rude. My dad now took it to the extreme. He just said whatever he wanted to say, whatever came out of his mouth first. He wasn't always, <laughs> you know, politically correct, but it's so fun and so you know so it, such a joy to just take control of your own life and situation. You know, I I really like that you bring that up because this podcast, you know, is we focus on women of impact, and you just brought up you know teaching women not to take take any heat from anybody, right? And that's a big lesson that you learned from your dad is take no junk. But I mean, I feel like a lot of women, especially, they struggle with that. They struggle with. Uh, the ability to stand up for themselves or to just walk away and say no when they want to say no, whether that's in business, whether that's in life, whatever it is. Um, what's your biggest piece of advice to a woman who's struggling with that in her own life? That life should just be led by telling the truth. And if you tell the truth, you can get to where you need to be quicker because you eliminate any nonsense from your life and you get to where you need to quicker. And so sometimes what you need to be is dropping things. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to be adding things, but when you lead with the truth, all the doors open. Now I'm not saying that like when you see someone, you're like, Oh my gosh, you gained 15 pounds. That's not, (laughs) but when you tell people what you stand for, when you're in a situation that doesn't work for you and you, you communicate clearly and, you know, politely that, what does work for you, communicate your needs, all those different things you can tell people very nicely. And then once they know, they know whether to stay or go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like in in your experience, you've had to learn how to do that without apology? Do you feel like people are offended by that sometimes? And I mean, that's wrongfully so if they are, I'm just going to throw that out there right now. But I feel like sometimes people are afraid to be 100% authentic and honest and truthful because they're afraid of stepping on someone's toes, which I don't really know why, because it's pretty irrelevant. But is that something that well, you've experienced we don't for yourself? Hurt people or we might feel awkward or like, maybe I have to see this person again. And I've said something they might not like. That's hard. But it just gets easier when you just tell people what you want fast and what you don't want just be honest about it just set their expectations up real nice and easy I think like the easiest way is like when you don't want to do something but you kind of avoid it or you say yeah I'm gonna do it but you're just gonna tell them later that you're not gonna do it like that's just all so convoluted it's just Mm -hmm. like from the beginning just say like I can't just be honest and set those expectations and it's it's just it's just so freeing I can imagine I mean I know that that's something that is it's becoming really important now. And I feel like it's, it's being spotlighted in the world now is just living with that authenticity and, and kind of living without apology. And I'm glad that that's, you know, finally being recognized how important that is, because I feel like for a long time, uh, nobody talked about it. Right. It doesn't have to be, you know, a mean thing either. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, after people respect boundaries. mm -hmm. I mean, boundaries are really important. If you don't have any boundaries, you're going to end up living somebody else's life. Oh my God. Or no life. Or no life, right? Like (laughs) you're going to end up being like uh, what a million people want you to be. Therefore, no one, instead of being who you want you to be. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, I mean, I want to be respectful of your time, Venus, because I, I know that we have a uh, limited time here today. But before we wrap up, I mean, like, I, I want to know what is the biggest piece of advice that you have, like, for either entrepreneurs or young women out there in the world today? Biggest piece of advice, I would say, is always bet on yourself. You're, that's your best bet. Don't bet on anyone else. Don't believe in anyone else more than you. Always believe in you. Just take that chance. It's the best chance you'll ever take. All right. That's great advice. But on yourself, I mean, you know, that's what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast is, you know, you've always bet on yourself as a, a tennis player from a young woman to who you are now. And um, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us here today on Success Stories. It's been an honor talking to you and um, hopefully we'll get to to hear more from you soon. Can't wait for award season to come up. I know. Right. I mean, I don't know if we'll win, but at least I can wear a great dress. Yes. That's about me at this point. You know, you know, you can't go into those things thinking you might win. You might, but like at least you're nominated. Yes. <laughs> those, exactly. Those are out of your control. So just like kind of enjoy the moment of, you know, being one of the names. Exactly. I'm gonna be sitting there watching the awards on on my television and I'm gonna look for your dress now that you're you told me you're excited to wear a great dress. I'm super excited. Thank you. Super excited. Well, Venus, thank you for joining us here today. It's it's really been great talking to you and um, can't wait to, to see all of the amazing things that you and your sister have to come. Thank you so much. This has been Success Stories with Madison Piper. If you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe, drop a review, and tell your friends. If you'd like to hear more shows like this one, go to success.com slash podcasts.